good to go. Welcome back to another episode of Pine and Pint Podcast, and we are joined by Referee Hall of Famer Mark Halsey. How are you doing? Good evening, guys. How are we? Yes. Very good, Mark. Thank good. you. Excellent. Thank Excellent. You. Excellent. <laughs> if it's all right, Mark, if we can just start right back at sort of the beginning of your refereeing journey and sort of how you come about managing at the highest stage of international football as well as Premier League football and how you become sort of refereeing your journey into into the game, really? Uh, well, I'll say it goes way, way, way back into the sort of the late like 1980s. I mean, obviously, I used to play at a, a, a high standard um, as a goalkeeper in, in non-league football. Um, Saturdays and playing Sundays as well. Cause it was, I mean, it used to be very competitive. Oh, it still is in non-league, but especially in, in, in back in the day on the Welling, I used to play in the Welling Hatfield Sunday League. Um, and... You know the, the guys you played with on a Saturday, we played against each other on a Sunday, so it was quite it was it was it was, it was good fun. Yeah. Um, I, I think I mean I used to play for a, a team called Wellingborough uh, in the early early days of, of um, playing Sunday morning football, and it was a, a very really good friend of mine, um, chap called Russell Fosto, recently, and we lost him due to. You know, illness and COVID and everything else like that. But um, you know, we go back a long way. And he used to be he used to be a centre half. I used to play in goal behind him, and he was one of the most dirtiest players I've ever come <laughs> He he was a I'm not gonna swear on here, but he was a right dirty. You know what's coming next. And um oh, you know, when the referee's back would turn he'd kick someone up the backside of an elbow someone in the in the face or punch him in the back of the head and, and get away with it. And um he become a referee. Unbelievable. <laughs> no one, no one could believe it. You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, poacher turned gamekeeper. But um, <laughs> and it was. I mean, I, I'm a great cricket lover as well. Um, not, not weren't best pleased with the way we uh, batted and the way we bowled today. But uh, there you go, out in India. But um, he's, he's um, cricket. Yeah, sorry, he's his house and garden backed onto our cricket field. Because obviously we, you know, we play. I played cricket once. Football season finished. I went and played cricket for a, a local team called Hatfield Island, one in Garden City. Played there for many, many years. And to say, you always used to walk around the boundary, you know, putting the world to rights. You do when, when you're batting. And that's for me. You know, as we got round to his house, he'd say, oh, "Why don't you become a friend?" I said, "Why don't you stick that right up your backs?" I am not interested. Three, not interested. And he kept on at me all that summer. It was the summer of 88, uh, 88, 89, I think, the end of the season was about to start. And and I, I was falling out of love with football, to be to be fair. Um, and I did give it some fault going, you know, coming to the, the, the back end of the cricket season, ready to start for the football season. And, you know, you have to do an eight-week course to become to you know to, to become a referee, learn the laws of the game and then yeah. take an exam at the end of it. And I just said to him, I said, listen, okay, all right. I'm not doing an eight-week course. Uh, I, I, I can't be asked to do that because um, I was still playing at the time. Yeah. So what I will do is I will look at read the laws of the game, study the laws of the game, and, and exam if I'm if I'm permitted. And he, he sought permission, so I was allowed to do that. You know, I I, I, I took the exam, passed passed the um, the, the exam um, with flying colours, and um, then, it, then it started from there. You know, I was I was sort of I was sort of playing. 
Saturdays and refereeing Sundays, mm. and, and and I weren't bad at it. I, I was quite good at it because as, as a player, I always liked referees that allowed the game to yeah. flow, and yeah. and I, I like to play as referee, and, and and that's and and I think that's what I started out as, you know, being a player's referee, and and um, and I think I was like that all the way through to the end of my career, always giving yeah. players a chance. So it, it came a stage where I was doing okay, and, and I had to decide whether I carried on playing or I I, I gave up. Because um, you know, they said to me, if you get sent off playing football, then you you get suspended. Then you, you you're suspended from refereeing as well. So oh. I had to make sure I behaved myself while well. I was sort of playing at the week <laughs> Saturdays and refereeing Sundays. Sound of like sort of, you know, as I, say, I started doing well. well yeah. I started, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had my Hearts County League. Then I started doing the, you know, refereeing in the Hearts County League and lining in the Premier News in the Hearts County League. And um, I, I sort of made the decision then because I, I, I enjoyed it to, to to give up and just solely concentrate on on, on refereeing. Although I did still play midweek games for Welling Garden City, um, my local team. My favourite, the keeper couldn't make it. They was to ask me would I step in and play, which I did. But then you know when I sort of went from me for promotion, getting from three in those days, you went from three to two. You started as a class three, as today's staff as at level seven. So I went three to two, two to one, and pretty quickly. So then I saw. You know, decided that this is this is my path I want to do. It looks like I'm quite good at it, and um, away I went. And uh, you, know, I, you know, I always remember my first game in the Welling Hatfield Sunday League. You know, as a, as a referee, all the guys knew me, but I, I, I enjoyed it. So um, yeah, so uh, that that was that was my sort of start to to, to refereeing. Brilliant. And I sort of got promoted. I got I sort of got promoted pretty quickly. You know, throughout throughout the leagues, and then I think. Um, you know, because at that in those days, you you know, you started off as referee in the reserve section, then you were lining on the Premier Division, then you got your promotion, then you went to a higher standard, and then you promoted again, and then to a higher standard. Then, so where I saw then refereeing in the Premier League of the Hearts County League, and then obviously you finish top of that league, it's quite difficult. You know, you had to finish top to get an interview to then go into the um, referee in the middle of the um, Ishmael League. So luckily for me, I you know, it all worked out for me, and then. Come 1996, I was promoted to the uh, referees list on the national list. Brilliant. Do you think there's something in that, Mark? Uh, you touched on there that, that you had a playing career before. And we had, uh, yeah. we had Steve Baines on as well. Oh, uh, Baines, you've had old Baines on. I've yeah. running, running line of Baines. <laughs> he was a character. Yeah, and, and, and he, he, he was similar sort of style to what you've said, like to let the game go and and give players a chance whereas some referees don't do they? They, they have a different style it, it is it is it's difficult because um but you know i come up, I come up through the, the the leagues and non-league um being a player once i got promoted to the issue league i wasn't really assessed much but once you get that promotion to referee on the panel, which is refereeing on the National League, you know, which was the conference back in my day, is now the National League. You then get proper assessors, you know, you know, professional assessors assessing you. And I think that's where, you know, Bainesy come unstuck as well. And I come unstuck as well because, you know, I was getting absolutely hammered because I was refereeing and um, using a little bit of common sense, but refereeing to the laws of the game, but being giving players a chance. And obviously yeah. they didn't like that. And so obviously to get that next step, you've got it's wrong. And it shouldn't be like that. But you've got to learn to please the assessors, and that's not what football's about. Yeah. And you know, once once I learned how to do that, I still I'm still there was you know, there was a game where I I, I changed. Um, I was refereeing at Farnborough, Farnborough Town. Um, I can't remember who they were playing against. Um, 
I think it was I think it was Bath. I think it was I think it was Bath. I think, but the assessor um, that assessed me on 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 that game, um, yeah, he never never come in the dressing room. Just they just they just turned up and assessed you, and then the the, the assessment came through the post in them days, and um, I got absolutely slaughtered, absolutely slaughtered by this assessor. And I'm thinking, oh my god, yeah. And I got a few letters from the football league saying if if I didn't buck up my ideas, my uh, place on the national league or the on, on you know um, would be. In jeopardy, so you had to sort of, sort of, you know, sort of, sort of learn, um, and and that's and that's the way it was. And obviously, once I got promoted from um, the national, that's refereeing the, the the national league, the, the, the conference into the football league, because then you have to go get, and then go for an interview. It goes on your performances. You know, my second season, I didn't really make that many changes. I made one or two adjustments to to please the assessors, and then obviously at the end of that. My second season on the national, on the national, on the sorry, on the on the um, on the conference national league, I got an interview to the football league, um, and then obviously once you get onto that football league, then you got to change again because the, the the clubs are involved, the clubs know you know don't know you're a new referee, and they don't like too many cautions, and so you know I, I learned I learned quite a bit in those in those two seasons, but I never changed I never changed you know my the way I I, I referee because you know it, it, it got me there and it kept me there for yeah. almost 20 years so um but uh no it was uh yeah. you know it was it was um I wouldn't say a, a rough ride but sometimes you were sort of banging your head against uh, against a brick wall because you you, you know you, you wondered you didn't know who was watching you and you're not mm. quite sure if you had a if you had a, refer, a referee's Ref, you know, assessor, or you had an assessor that was a stickler the way he refereed, and he wanted you to referee strictly to the laws of the game. So, it was, you know, it was one one minute you're one week you're getting assessor saying one thing, oh yeah, you've done this very well. I like the way you allowed advantage and you kept the game flowing and you used your common sense and you take all those all those things into your your game the following week, and the assessor say the opposite. And and yeah. down mark you. So it's like, yeah. oh my goodness. And then in the end, I just thought, you know what? Stuff the assessor. I'm refereeing for the players, and 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 obviously the, the fans are just as important as, as anybody else. Yeah. It's really interesting hearing about that side of it because I mean, as fans, and you hear about referees, assessors, and stuff. I'll be honest with you, Mark. From like I'm assuming Josh and Nick's perspective as well. You just hear that, and it's almost like a a term that's this like ethereal presence. Whenever hit, you don't know what it is really. Mm. So it's really interesting because I've never thought of it like that. There's a guy, ex ref, ex player in the crowd actually marking you and saying oh, yeah. how's he let that go how's he not booked in for that how's that not a penalty all time no. it's really good actually hearing that yeah where, 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 where are you from luke i'm from burnley but i live in chesterfield oh, br- oh you live in child burnley <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that your team burnley yeah i'm a burnley season ticket holder yeah not, oh, yeah. Not, that I can, oh, yeah. not that i've been for 18 months but yeah <laughs> well, I'm just down the road, like at Bolton, so little lever. So I'm not too far. Referees there a few times. I always remember refereeing that um, cup semi final second leg against Tottenham. Oh God! Where you were, you were three nil up. We were two minutes from two um, minutes from Wembley, and then yeah, and Robin Pavlyuchenko yeah. broke my heart. It's two minutes. Oh, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. What a game. I am unbelievable. And I always remember going into the dressing room, you know, so got to got to know Owen Cole very well when he was at Bolton because I was trained there. And I always remember going into the dressing room and saying, lads, I, I really feel for you. I really feel for you because you deserve to be at Wembley. And they I mean the players couldn't believe I'd come in and said that. 
But, I mean, you know, that's just the way I was. Do you know what I mean? So on, yeah. on the flip to that, though, Mark, I'd say I, I'm kind of glad we lost that game. The reason I say that is, I yeah, galvanised the team we had, which was quite an aging squad, like Robbie Blake, Graham Alexander, they were quite aging players. Oh, like Blakey, shot. and I got, got, got become very, I got become good friends with Blakey because he then come to Bolton and uh, got on very well with Blakey. I still keep in touch with Blakey because he's down in down the south now, southeast, isn't he, Blakey? Yeah, uh, Bognor Regis, I think. That's yeah, it, Bob Regis, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a yeah. word in Mark. We've been begging him for ages to get him on here. <laughs> We've had oh, all God, his mates come on. Paul Yeah. So. <laughs> Blakey, get on the podcast. <laughs> just just tweet him. Tweet, tweet him and just say you've had me on the show and tell him he's got to get on there. Yeah. I'll say you're getting a red card even though you're a tidy. If you don't come yeah, on. just say you're getting, you're getting a red card from Housey. Get on the show. <laughs> But uh, I suppose this all leads on nicely to my next question, really, Mark. So, obviously, we've already sort of said about you didn't stop sort of enjoying the game a little bit, but was it difficult going from being a player into, into refereeing, sort of pouring up your boots and bringing out your cards, really? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 found the, uh, I found the transition quite, you know, not, 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 not so bad. I mean, listen... Don't mean to say an ex player is going to make a good referee. That's not the case. You've got to you've got to still work it. You still got to have that um, that mental toughness um, to to referee and have that awareness that go that what goes on around you. Um, because you know referees today they walk out and on, on onto the field of play and they think you know they they command that respect straight away. That's not the case. You know that respect comes with. Your accuracy in your decision making and, and your awareness of what's going on around you and picking up the little niggles and engaging with the players and talking to them as the game's going on and warning them as you know, yes, yeah, I can see you nine and five having a great battle, but hey, keep it keep it clean, lads, while the game's still going on. And just picking up those those little niggles. And you know, so uh, for me, I think um, you know, it's having that mental toughness and, and engaging with the players, smile with the players, joke with the players. There's nothing wrong with that. You can still referee with common sense today, yeah. but it's it, and it's stamping your authority on the game when it's needed. And that means say the yellow card. You can you can stamp your authority on the game with verbal communication. You know today we're seeing yellow cards thrown around confetti. Yeah, and you know, and, and you look at it, you think that's not a yellow card. It was, you know, careless challenges. It's just a free kick only. Yeah, you know, a yellow card comes when a player puts in a reckless challenge, and so I, I still think, um, yeah, there's there's, there's a lot to go. And I, I honestly think that the standard of officiating over over the years is is, is steadily declining. It's steadily declining the standard of officiating, and I don't I don't blame the referees for that. We've got we've got some good referees out there. And I always, and I say it all the time, I say it again, good football coaches turn good average players into good players, good players into excellent players. And that's the problem we've got at the, 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 the high echelons of referee. And we haven't got the, the good coaches that should be there that are helping our, our referees today. Because we have got some good referees, but they've got poor leadership and direction. That's the problem we've got at the moment. Yeah. So I'm glad you said put that. Me there, you. Sort them out. Put, put me there, I'll sort them out. Put me there, I'll sort them out. There we are, the, uh, the association. Get Mark uh, on your board. No, 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 it's not that. It's the Premier League and the PGMOL. Oh. <laughs> At the very least, get get him involved in the VAR box because some of the decisions them guys are making are just... Well, well, Luke, it comes it, it comes from, as I say, it comes from the, the, the standard of officiating. Now, what you're seeing on, on the field of play yeah 
them guys, when they're not refereeing, they're acting on the field of play, they're then crank transferred to Stockley Park. What yeah. are you going to get? You're going to get the same thing. And what we're seeing at the present, we're seeing referees at Stockley Park trying to re-referee the game. Yeah. And, and the problem is as well, we've got the active referees that are relying on VAR to get them out of the, get them out of the mire. I see that and too the, and, the, the act, and the active referees are not making the big decisions that they should be making as a referee. As a referee, listen, I'd love VAR around when I was refereeing because there have been a couple of things, that challenges that I missed that should yeah. have been red cards that they could have helped me with. But at the end of the day, I would still want to make those, those big decisions. You see now, they're not giving the big decisions. They're waiting for VAR. And VAR should only come in when there's a, 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 um, a clear and obvious error or a serious yeah. incident miss. And we've got what we've got at the moment is we've got VAR being consistent at being inconsistent. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the problem we've got. Because you know everything's all over the place, and that comes from the leadership and direction. And the guys that you know, you know, everybody's confused with the the handball law, law twelve handling the ball, the offside. Oh, his armpit's offside, or the, the top part of the arm because you can score. But that's just offside. That's where they measure. I, I mean, the goal last night that was ruled out for Chelsea. I mean, come on, you know, make the whole arm go back to what it used to be. I know we've seen changes today with the IFAB, but I've been saying that they should never have changed it in the first place. You know, they should never have changed that law in the first place. But now, you know, now that they've made, you've got the top, the, your shirt sleeve, you can score with that. So you can go and go like that with the top of your, your shoulder. And that's a goal. Yeah, and, and you, mark, also, you, you can also be offside. So when have you ever seen a, a guy score a goal with his arm? <laughs> you I, haven't, I, have you? I don't know if you saw, Mark, but um, when that rule were coming in, you know, like about the length on the sleeve or whatever, um, Daesh being the canny guy that he is at Burnley, he actually lengthened the because we go from claret, from the bullet claret to the blue, the yeah. claret's been lengthened so that we go That's to right. the yeah. yeah, and that got us out of jail. I can't remember we played at home. It were a clear penalty by the law in terms of handball, but because it hit the colour, they they fell for it. So that were great. Well, <laughs> well, they well, wear long sleeve shirts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they've got to go back to making the, the whole whole of the from the top of the shoulder back to that you know that yeah. you know you can't you can't you, you can't score with that and then that, that would nullify this 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 um, this armpit and, and 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 shirt sleeve thing you know but i'm looking i mean i know that Arsene Wenger's looking at uh, looking at her um trialing um that any part of your body that's onside cannot be offside so that'd be that that'd be good okay. and i understand they're trialing that and looking to perhaps bring it in into the world into the world cup next next year okay so that yeah that's quite clever so if pop to so an outstretched toe or something isn't going to stop her no as long, long as long as any part of your body is onside then that's gonna it can't be offside so that i mean before var came in it was you know the benefit of the doubt was given to the attackers now you know, it's 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 gone to the defenders as as with with um, handball. You know, an accidental handball doesn't result in a penalty, but an accidental handball by a teammate and then it gets put into the back of the net is disallowed. Yeah, yeah. But it's good yeah. to see now that they've they're that going going back to normal next season where yeah. an accidental handball and then obviously it falls to a, 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 a his his teammate who puts it in the back of the net. The goal's going to be given now. So like we saw last night at Fulham. 
um, that that goal next season will be given like it was two seasons ago. Yeah. And now they've, you know, now they've gone back. Now, oh, it's backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. The trouble is, is, you know, the guys that sit around this table, they never play football. That's the problem. Yeah. And it that shows, is isn't it? You, you could, yeah. if, if Fulham get relegated by a, a point or or whatever now, and then ne- next year they wouldn't. Well, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it takes it takes away all the passion, doesn't it? VAR takes away all, the, and, and Scott Parker was spot on what he said. You know, it's just it just takes everything away from, from football, and we've got to get back to. I mean, in 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 the UK, in the English Premier League, I just you know, no one knows what's happening, do they? No one knows what's what's happening from from game to game, week to week. It's you get a different situation all the time, you know. So, but anyway, you just have to look at. I mean the issue the other day with Lee Mason at West Brom. Yes, he made a decision that I can't really explain to this point, but VAR's, VAR getting involved and then saying, you, you, you know, why, why was that? That was Lee Mason's decision entirely. He he was the person who came to the decision for whatever reason that he were blowing a second time for something that he'd seen. I don't understand why that had to go to well, VAR at all. It was odd. Well, because the, the, the reason the reason why because there's it, 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 a clear and obvious error because of the second whistle before the ball enters the net. So yes. if that second whistle goes before the ball enters the net, then you, you, by law he cannot give that goal. Now you know the first part of that was was correct because um, who was it? Um, Brighton player. Dunk, yeah, Lewis Lewis Dunk. He was, you know. What, what 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 you do in those situations as a referee and it's done all over the world in, in a ceremonial free kick you you, you do use your whistle anyone else on the part you say come on that's where you go get on with a quick free kick but in and around the box you blow you you, you blow your whistle you use your common sense you look up you get your wall back 91.5 meters you make sure there's one no one standing in the wall with the opposition because they have to be a meter away from the wall and then you look at the goalkeeper and see where the goalkeeper is and if he's done his post you go okay hang on there lads hang on there lads Okay, goalkeeper, already now, you know, give him a shout. He goes back into the middle of the goal and away you go. But in law, the referee is no, under no obligation to make sure any player is in their correct position. That's down to the players to get back in and get and get and be ready for the free kick. So once Lee Mason's blown that whistle and Lewis Dunk has asked him, can he take the kick and, and he blows that whistle, all done correctly, um, then obviously he's blown his whistle He's taken the free kick and obviously Lee's looked up and seen a goalkeeper still on his post and then he's blown it. And that's the only thing that's the only thing I think he's he's seen is, is the goalkeeper, Sam yeah. Johnston, on, on his post. I just don't know why and that'd have to go to VAR though, because it, it should because because, because be, well, because he's given the goal. Lee, Lee's given the goal and then he's been confused, he's told, been told to disallow, then he's given it because he's yes. talking, and then and then VAR. I've heard the second whistle. I've heard the second whistle thinking, oh, yeah. hang on, that second whistle, whistle's gone before the ball's in the back of the net. That cannot be allowed. They've got to retake the free kick. Straight away, I knew that. Yeah. So VAR said that to Lee. That, Listen, Lee, you've blown the second whistle before the ball's gone in the net, so you cannot possibly give a goal. Yeah, so, right. Well, the free kick was 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 retaken. But I, I felt for Lee. I, I did feel for Lee on that situation because I know him very well and um, I felt for him. But... He didn't help himself in, in 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 that situation. He didn't he didn't sort of he wasn't again he wasn't aware of what was going going on around him. That yeah. that that was a problem. But and also not only that, it's, it's, it, I, I blame the PGMOL because he's had a difficult month. I mean, he's only refereed three Premier League games since the start of 
January, for start of January, three Premier League games. Okay, now he, he refereed at he refereed I think just before Christmas. Um, he refereed Wolves and who was the other away team? But Nuno wasn't very happy with him. He got fined, didn't he? he oh, said he's a very poor yeah, ref. yeah, yeah. He was very poor, 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 poor performance. And he doesn't want him again. Yes. So in his next game, he was uh, his next game. He was I think it was Southampton Villa. Where he had that that controversial moment about handball with Matty Cash, which I thought was a deliberate handball, or yeah. even though it was just fractionally come off his his thigh, didn't didn't make much difference. But Matty knew what he was doing. He put his arm out towards the ball to stop that ball going into the goal. And obviously, he was in charge of that. And of course, Mike Dean was the the VAR on that. So obviously, he's, he's had a bit of um, you know pacing there from from southampton you know he's, he's obviously his um confidence is is shattered and then obviously i know he refereed at man city didn't go it was it was okay game and then he refereed at sheffield wednesday birmingham it didn't go very well for him lots of fans complained about his performance and then obviously he was given the west bromwich albion and um brighton game which i knew i i knew i i i, I I text I, I, I text my good friend um, Richard Keys out in Qatar who does BN Sports out there um, and said oh, we've got Lee Mason today he's short comments I think something will happen today yeah wow wow <laughs> yeah and it, and, and, and it did but he should never have been put in charge of that game because he's very very low on confidence because you know he's, he's taken a beam from a manager two managers you know and obviously he was the fourth official uh, at uh, Man United, Southampton, where Mike Dean sent off the Southampton defender, which you know was 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 incorrect. So, then obviously Lee Mason was the fourth, of, uh, sorry, the VAR at Fulham West Ham, where he told Mike Dean to send off for the for the accidental yeah. arm in the face for violent conduct. So his confidence is very very low, and. For me, the PGML should not put him in that situation. It should have been, you know, that was a massive game for West Brom and Brighton. Six yeah. pointer. I know Brighton, you know, missed missed two penalties, and no one really said anything about that. I'm just concentrating on that on that instant. But even so, you know, Lee's Lee's um, confidence was absolutely shattered, and he should have been an informed referee referee in that game. Someone like Michael Oliver, Martin Atkinson, you know, um, Anthony Taylor, Andre Mariner. Mm. Um, you know, who were who were good, who were good, um, experienced referees. What what happens in that instance then, Mark? If you're, I mean, I don't know if this has happened to you in the past. Like, if you've had a few games where you made maybe a, a few wrong decisions that have been picked up, you're low on confidence because you're thinking, I've got to nail this. Especially nowadays with all the different yeah. angles and the fact that you know you're going to be prone to bits on social media. What's going through Lee's head then? Now, or do the the referees association everyone do they? Do they look after him? Do they maybe give him? No, a well, it's, yeah, it's not. It's not the referees. It's not the referees association, Luke. It's the PGMOL who's, okay. who's responsible for the professional referees. And and uh, you know, I've been involved, and and I've, I've been, you know, um, I know exactly what goes on. I know exactly what it's like. And the problem, the the, the problem is, see, they. Um, I'm not going to say they they, they 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 don't care, but they don't know how to. You know, referees are like players. Some need a kick up the backside, some need an arm round, and some need a bit of loving. They mm. don't know how to do that. I've been in that situation. I mean, I remember refereeing uh, Wigan Newcastle, and I made a. I mean, it was an awful challenge by McMahon and Callum McManaman on Herrera at Newcastle. 
Yeah. And as the incident, I mean, as the incident happened, I had a Newcastle player run right in front of my vision. So it blocked my vision. So all I saw was a ball being played out. No one said anything. No one just, the game just carried on. Yeah. But when I, you know, it was an horrendous challenge, horrendous challenge. And I remember that. I mean, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get a phone call. No one spoke to me about it. I just got, I just got, um, you know, didn't get a Premier League game for four or five weeks. And, and rightly so, because I missed that, I, might, I missed that challenge. No thought away because of player, perhaps it was, perhaps I should have, you know, been aware and I should have just perhaps moved outside, you know, to the left a bit or inside a bit more. But as I was doing that, the player just runs straight in front of me. So though these, these, these things happen, but, as I say, you just left to your own devices. You get your evaluation form through, through, through from the um, the guy who looks at the DVD and just right or wrong decision, and that's it, and and, and you move on. Yeah. But there's no, there's no, there's no phone call to ring you up and speak to you and ask you and still speak to you about it. I didn't, you know, I didn't get that, and some of the other referees don't get that. Um, but listen, yeah, and that's why you've got to sort of, you know have a couple of friends around you that you trust in the referee well, there's not many um you know they're acquaintances there's none of them that are real good friends they're just acquaintances um so you have to you know get one or two friends that you really really trust to to you know speak to on the phone because it's a it's a cutthroat business being being a referee 100 percent. that's coming across the definite um just putting all the var and all the modern stuff to the side mark obviously we touched upon it with the burnley game which i'm sure uh, is the biggest game you probably managed uh, ref? Sorry that I've that that, that I um, take a lot of uh, knowledge in, but one of the games that stuck out to us when we looked at the big games that you've been involved with was the Gillingham City, the very very famous playoff final. What 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 was that occasion like? Because I remember, in fact, I was in Butlins at the time watching that, and I still remember the slide celebration. What was your what was your, what, what was your red coat, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I don't know how I'd have been at that. <laughs> I still remember. Um, yeah, I used dressed up. You was Coco the clown that day, weren't you? <laughs> I still remember Paul Dickov sliding across and thinking, Geez, City, they're not going up. Uh, oh, sorry, City, are going, you know, they've snatched it. Yeah. Um, what was that like to the ref? Yeah, listen, it, it, I mean, it was, I was, I think I've been three years on, three, third season, and it was that season I got promoted into the Premier League. And you know, refereeing at Wembley, I've been fortunate to referee at the old Wembley and the new Wembley. Um, it's fantastic. And we're just like players, you know, every player it's their dream to play at Wembley in a cup final. And it's the same with a referee. It's every referee's dream to to referee a final at Wembley. And um, oh yeah, I was lucky. I remember walking up those those um that slope there, the old Wembley. I remember the, the, the dressing room for us officials was was so small, you couldn't swing a cat in it. It was unbelievable how, how big the dressing room was. But walking up, walking up that, um, that, that that tunnel, up that slope, and onto the field with eighty thousand fans in was just, you know, the, made the hairs stand up on the on, on the back of the neck. But it it went just like that. It went so quick. It went so quick. And obviously, Gillingham two 0 up, and then obviously I played the stoppage time. Man City came back and and won on penalties. So it was a, it was a great day. I mean, Gillingham weren't happy with me because of the stoppage time. But um, I remember Nicky Weaver going on one way on his run when he saved that penalty. I went sprinting off down the dressing with Gillingham and, and Paul Scully and Tony Prillis chasing me down to my dressing room. So, but no, it was it was uh, it was it was good fun. It was a great it was a great day, and um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Awesome. 
Yeah, brilliant. Every time a referee Tony Bullish's teams off, that he always reminded me of that day. Yeah, especially when I was Stoke. Oh, jeez, never let me forget it. <laughs> um, so one thing I just wanted to to chunk mark. So it's something I'll never never experience. So I just wanted to know the feeling. Like, let's say you're in you're inside a packed stadium. Fans are frustrated. The team's not performing or whatever, and and they're on your back over every every decision that goes against them. Is there, is there a feeling of intimidation, especially some of the really old-fashioned tight grounds, your hybrids, your Upton Park? So is it something that you manage to just sort of block out? or? Yeah, you do. I mean, listen, it's you know, you're refereeing 22 players in different surroundings. Um, yeah. You know, the people used to say to me, oh, what do you think? Oh, the multi-millionaires. Oh, what do you think? You know, that's not, listen, no, it's just 22 players. And actually, when that game is going on, you're just so focused, you're so mentally focused and your concentration levels have to be that because if you let them slip and, and you and you just switch off for a few seconds, then you're going to miss something or there's going to be a big key match instant that, that you miss and, and, and get wrong. And then obviously the fans go even worse and even the players because, the, you know, the, the, if, when you start missing things, the players start getting on, you, on your back as well. Um, but no, as, as I say, it's... Um, you, you, you just concentrate on what's on in front of you. You don't hear the crowd, to be honest. You don't hear what they're saying or shouting. You know, um, I always used to find it most probably more difficult going down to, to you know, referee in, in League One and League Two because we used to go down and do those games. And, you know, them clubs are just as entitled to, to the top referees as anybody else. Yeah. And I always used to think, you know, going down to League One and League Two is a potential banana skin. And so they knew... That you're a premier they know that you're a premier league referee so mm. you've got to be at the top of your game most probably even better than you are in a premier league game because yeah. you don't want to because you do hear when they're shouting premier league you're having a laugh <laughs> 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 so i always just i used to i mean i i, I treat i treat every game like every game the same every game is a cup final. every game is always me last and um i think you know throughout my career i sort of had even now yeah, i i have the respect to the players. I know a lot of players comment on the way I refereed in, you know, on, on, on the radio stations and like the way I referee and they'd like a few more of me today. And you can referee like that. You can referee with common sense. You can, but it's the leadership and direction that comes from the management. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, that's it. If, they, if they're being told to referee a certain way, they yeah. if it comes to a decision, they're probably thinking, oh, I know this is the wrong decision, but I'm going to get Bollocks. Well, you know, yeah. you, you take their you take their evaluation system, and yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was subject to this evaluation system, and I and I and I and I, they don't they don't take the atmosphere, they don't take the the surroundings into consideration, you know, and, and the game. And I, I remember refereeing uh, Liverpool Man United, um, and that's a massive game. And I remember them saying, I think on the evaluation, they, there were some challenges that he said I sort of missed four or five yellow cards, and I'm thinking. Yeah, four or five, you five yellow cards, and you know you, you can't just go brandishing yellow cards. You've got to manage the game. And of course, when they're saying I've missed five yellow cards, that that my marks drop right down. Yes. So remember, don't get re referees get a bonus for their off-field and on-field performance at the end of every season. So yeah. if they're being told they're missing missing cautions left, right, and centre by the evaluator, then what they're going to do? Yeah, they want that. They want they want that. They want that top bonus at the end of the season. I mean, and that's wrong wrong oh interesting that it's just the sort of thing you just don't ever think about like you never even 
com- as as a fan, you just don't think. I wonder if the refs are getting a bonus, <laughs> or um, you know, you just think, oh, they, they get they have a salary. But yeah, of course, that makes sense with <laughs> appraisal. Of course, they do. They're on yeah. the full time. They get they get a performance bonus, like, like everybody in, in in any in any in any industry. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> hey, it sounds like they're uh, they're all whacking red cards out, aren't they? Just oh. <laughs> going uh, listen, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to say you. I, I, yeah, obviously, when we had our get-togethers, I was, you know, called in for a one-to-one with with the management. I'm not going to say their names. Um, and the question they asked me, they said, "Why are you always bottom of 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 the um, yellow cards issuing yellow cards?" And I said, "What do you mean? Well, you you always show the least yellow cards." And I said, "Well, is that not because I understand the game? I understand football." Yeah. And I manage, I manage a game. I said, listen, if you want me to, if you want me to, I'll start issuing yellow cards. Oh, no, 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 no. So I, go, I said, well, okay, why did you, why did you bring it up? Why are you yeah. bringing it up? Because I'm not, are you saying I'm not showing enough yellow cards? Ridiculous. So, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, you, yeah. Used, to, you used to think, oh. The daft thing, really, just, if you manage the and, game and, and the way hence, you manage it, don't hence, you? So. Hence, I didn't, hence, you didn't give me a bonus that season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds like it. I won't, I won't put, I won't put names in your mouth, Mark. But... We, we didn't see eye to eye. We didn't see. We didn't. Go on, sorry, Luke. I was just going to say, I won't put names in your mouth, Mark, but that sounds like an Arsene Wenger quote if ever I've heard one, really. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> hence, yeah, hence no, uh, no, no uh, bonus for me that season. <laughs> we didn't see. We didn't see eye to eye. So. No. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So one thing that I wanted to ask really was: Is there ever been a team or a player that you've really hated refereeing? Like I don't know, someone like Carlos Tevez, who's a bit of a bit of a ratty player who gets in your face and uh, <laughs> no, listen, like, look, munching in uh, your ear, old type of thing. Is there anyone I mean, like that? Yeah, there's been. I mean, there's been loads of players like that. I think one of the one of the the ones that moaned the most was Craig Bellamy. Oh, he was a moaning old bugger. He was, but he was, yeah, he was, he was great. He was great because he, he kept you on your toes. And um, listen, there have been been many times where players have made your blood boil, and you think to yourself, oh, I'm going to smash his nose in. I'd love to give him a, you know, I'd love to smash him in. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And you think you do think that on the pitch, but you've got to keep your composure and your self your yeah, self control yeah. like you know we we saw the other week with poor with with Darren Drysdale at, at Ipswich yeah. um yeah. <laughs> with one of their players and obviously something happened there and, and you know Darren's a, a lovely lad and, and you know he's 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 you know he's he's, he's fought for his country in in Iraq and Afghanistan oh, so wow, really? something so something must have something he must have said something to him and then obviously you know yeah listen our bloods do boil but you've got to keep that within within your in, inside of you, and you can't let that show because you've got to keep yourself control. Because all the players, why all why the players are losing their heads around you? They're looking to you to keep yours and and and, and restore order and control the game. Yeah, I'm going to say personally, I and love. Players, I love players, sorry, sorry, Nicholas. Yeah. Players, players do know their referees. Players know their referees. Players know what they can get away with and what they can't get away with. Yeah, I think the. Yeah, uh, go on, sorry. sorry no, I was, going to say, I was going to say the um, the Ipswich player. I think he came out and defended uh, Darren Drysdale, didn't he? I think he said Alan he at he, 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 Alan George. Yeah, heat at moment. It happened. He, it's gone. Oh, no, that's what it happens. Listen, 
that that's the shop floor that happens and what annoys yeah. me is that you know he you know they would take they, they took him off the the, the efl PSML took him off his next game yeah. in south south end bolton he's on a charge i don't think that's till the to, towards the end of, of of march so is he not is he not refereeing until he's had his hearing i mean that's ludicrous you know yeah. just just get get him in speak to give him some operational advice give him some counseling slap his wrist and yeah. move on yeah i mean end of the day you know? it's just handbags and it's what players get up to every week and well you know, yes, yes. What was it three three seconds he's gone through three seconds and, and it's all sorted and there weren't a lot in it he, he just went head to head it's not like he zid out yeah, i know <laughs> no i mean look at well look at the incidents we've seen kalina do exactly the yeah. same when on on, oh, yeah. on ua for jury on, on champions league jury yeah. you know getting pushing putting his fist in the players and pushing them away yeah. you know going head to head yeah nothing ever happened to him listen yeah. you know speak to him okay you can't referees can't be seen to be acting in that manner yeah, but yeah. the human the yeah. human absolutely yeah they have their own emotions don't they i mean of course they do course Darren they looked do. a bit of a, a bit of a nut job didn't he when he did that but <laughs> i loved it i thought it was brilliant i thought you know what the amount of stick referees get every single game it's bound to happen it's bound to you know what I mean? To cause a bit of friction. And Judge thought, oh, shit. I've actually, yeah. Well, I mean, considering really the pressure he's been under in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, yeah. serving his country. And, and yeah, but then listen, sometimes you, you something just makes you flip, doesn't it? And obviously yeah, yeah. something was said to Darren. I would imagine what Darren said back to him, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I used to yeah. say to the players all the time. It's certainly the situation that yeah it diffused the situation because like you say straight away all players are like oh jesus all right yeah, yeah. okay we'll listen yeah. <laughs> maybe that's needed more yeah i think so you know because you're in the rumble room <laughs> yeah i don't know it's nice to see really i think you can get it it's very clear from you mark and and i get i've seen it you know like things like when mike when Mike Dean was in the Tranmere crowd and stuff, I love that. It's great to see. That's right, yeah. Uh, we're all, hear, we're from, all for... hear from you tonight, and then from like what we've seen with Mike and and, and other refs. It's you, you're normal people at the end of the day, and I think people just see the you know the black top, the and the yellow cards and the red cards and and the decisions and and forget that really. Um, it's a, it's see, we're all, we're all different. We're we're all we're all different. You know, we're all different in our own way. But we're all we're all football fans. Yes, some. Um, some guys at the moment, I think, are too aggressive on the football field. They don't sort of engage with the players. But as I say, we're, we're all human. We all we all love the game. We all support. You know, we all got football teams. Um, but as like you say, it's like it's like a police officer. Isn't it? When you put on that uniform, they see you as the enemy, don't they? That's the problem. Um, but listen, that 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 go that goes with the job. The criticism and and, and the abuse goes with the job. Um, but what doesn't go is is is, is the abuse and, and death threats. Oh, definitely to, yeah. to, towards us and and, and um, your family. Absolutely, no, that, that's ridiculous. Should never, ever happen. It goes without saying, really. Yeah, it's too no. far too far. No, it's happening. Yeah, you know, so I know it's I know what I know exactly what Mike Dean's going because it happened to me, my family. So yeah, you know, it's one of those. It's one of those things. So. Yeah, there needs to be a lot more protection around stuff like that. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's down to the, the social media platforms to, to yeah. you know to give information yeah. over to the police, and nothing will change until the police can you know bring them to book and, and censor them and, and put them in jail. That will sort it all out. Absolutely. Yeah. Until until 
it's, it's no good giving slap wrist because it'll continue. Yeah. And, and as I say, the social media have got to pass on the details to, to the, the relevant authorities so they can take action. Yeah. End of. It's just a hollow threat at the minute. That a lot of them are kids, aren't they? And they don't, oh, you've banned my Twitter account. Like that tends to be the punishment. And it's like, well, what's yeah. Yeah. They need to be properly yeah. made an example of the do community service, yeah. they're named and shamed. Um, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a crime, isn't it? It's a crime. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Crime. yeah, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, while you talk about crime, hurry up because I want to get back to me 19 crimes <laughs> wine so I can have a, a, a drop of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Nick, you're next. We've only got a couple more anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you're, so, right. so, you're okay. <laughs> so, we had Steve Baines on a little while back, and he, he used to, I, uh, he told us he used to have a little competition with himself on how long he could go without blowing a whistle. So uh, <laughs> when he were refereeing, he'd go on the pitch and obviously humour himself and see some tackles. He'd be like, oh, a bit naughty, but carry on, keep playing. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that that's, you've done? That's why, that's why he never progressed to the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're always bottom at bonus list. That was a problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a Chesterfield fan, isn't he? <laughs> hey, steady. I'm going to say me and Josh are both in Chesterfield, so... I refereed there a couple of seasons ago in a, in a, a pre-season friendly. Um, a good friend of mine, Glenn Turner, Glenn Turner, who's an assistant from uh, Chesterfield. He's a, he's a massive Chesterfield fan. So uh, it's a shame what's happened to, you know, playing in that National League. They need to get out of it, isn't it? So it's just a shame. We've got a lovely ground there. So yeah, my, first season, my, first, my first season on the National List, I refereed at, um, at Saltergate. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did, yeah. 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 Well, that yeah, was did, a, yeah. a treat. <laughs> yeah, it was enjoyed. It was good. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Enjoyed it. That ground falling yeah. apart. But uh, have you ever, have you ever done anything similar sort of to humour yourself on the on the pitch? Is what Steve did. Uh, not, not not like that, no. You have a bit of a laugh <laughs> with the player and have a bit of a bit of a laugh with the players and always I always remember, always had uh, you know the managers come in, man managers come in to the dressing with the, the, the captain, the team sheets, and John Terry he always used to come in with, with obviously whoever the manager was at, at Chelsea. And every time he knocked on, he'd come in, come in, guys, you know, and he he come up to me, he used to go shake man, I always used to slap him around the face. He says, "Why do you always do that to me when I come in with the team sheets?" I says, "John, because I can't do it out there." <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I know you're going to give me a lot of abuse. Enjoy the game. You know what you're going to get out of me. Now, see you later. See you out there. <laughs> see you having about eight minutes to three or whatever. <laughs> oh, fantastic. One one thing I just wanted to touch on as well, Mark. Um, so we see it now on on BT Sport and um, on, on your other your other <laughs> Sky Sports. That's the one. Um, have you ever been tempted to? Or being asked to be like a, a studio referee, uh, and what? Yeah, well, I, I was the first referee on to on, oh, on yeah. BT, but I got removed. Um, oh, why? <laughs> well, it, it was it was it was an article. Yeah, listen, it was um, an article that was written in in the newspaper okay. that went under my went under my name, and um, it, it it wasn't it wasn't me. It shouldn't have gone under my name. I didn't write it, but they made a mistake. But it was too late, and um, um, listen. The chairman of the Premier League then wasn't happy with that article, and uh, and insisted that I was removed from um, BT Sport. So oh, well, that's that's it, and these things happen, and you move on, don't you? So, yeah. but there you go. But listen, I mean, with as well, I mean, listen, you know, 
great, greatest respect with Dermot um, on, on you know, obviously on, on Sky Sports when you have the ref watch, but don't necessarily agree with his uh, his observations of incidents. No, that's what I was I was going to say. What what are your thoughts on? Because it's, it's great that refs are coming on because I think there's been a lot of clamour. Yeah, yeah, but you, 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 but the, the the problem is, I mean, you know, my good mate Pete Walton, he does BT and he's he's yeah. just comical, Peter. <laughs> he's just comical, and. Um, you know, he, he often texts me before it goes on. What do you think of this decision? What do you think of that? So we have a good rapport with each yeah. other. Um, but uh, listen, you, you've got you, you've got to be honest, and you've got to inform the the viewers about yeah. about the law and and, and and situations, and and you you cannot defend the undefensible like we sometimes mm -hmm. see Dermot does, and that's yeah, I mean, listen. As much as I respect him, he doesn't doesn't go down well no. with some people. With you know, with a lot of people, because um, I do see he gets quite a bit of stick on social media. But yeah. listen, that's down to the the TV. I think that's I think that's I think I can see where Dermot's coming from because I think if he starts saying things, um, I know he's still. I think he, he you know he's I think he's employed by the PGMA as well. So um, I think it's it's difficult for for um for Dermot and I think that you know if, if he does come out and he's very controversial or constructively criticism yeah. um perhaps perhaps the, the Premier League won't like it or you know yeah. so it's it, it, it's that it's that balance you're in a position it's that balance but you've got to be you've got to be honest because otherwise the guys like yourself who are very you know fans are very knowledgeable with, with football um can see right through it yeah yeah, it just it just makes it a bit of a what what's what's the point kind of thing really. If you've got a yeah, referee yeah. on to say, yeah, okay, this was a mistake. Like Peter Watton does on on BT Sport, he'll say, and he'll even give his opinion, which I like. If it's going to VAR, right, I think this is going to be given as a penalty for whatever reason. And if they come back and it's it's not a penalty, he'll say, he'll not go right it's not but the ref still made the right decision he'll go yeah well i thought it was a penalty personally which is great to hear if a ref's just going yeah ref's got it right what's the point yeah. <laughs> well, well it's, like, just... it's, it's, it's like um i mean i mean pete I, I, I talk to pete quite a lot so i do tell him you know sometimes he sits on the fence and what i mean you look at the incident the other night with um, phil jagielka of sheffield united yeah against aston villa when he was sent off for um did uh, deny an obvious goal yeah. opportunity now for me um there's got to be there's got to be doubt there there has to be doubt there because you know what they what the referee has to consider is is the distance between the goal and the offense yeah the direction of play direction of play the the likelihood of 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 the player gaining control of the ball and number of uh, of defenders in the vicinity so mm. with that incident for me there was doubt so I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand why the VAR called um, Rob Jones across after him giving a yellow card because it, it, it was subjective and it wasn't, it, it was doubt whether it was a, a, an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And, and the thing I said to Peter was, because Peter asked me my opinion on it and I texted him, but Peter didn't talk through the law of denying a goal scoring opportunity. And if he'd done that, then that put every, everybody would think, well, okay, yeah, yeah. On that one, so distance between the fence and goal is quite a long way from goal. So there's yeah. a doubt there. You know, direction of play. What angle was he going at? Where did he, and where did the offence take place? 
and the, the likelihood of him gaining control and a, a number of defenders in the vicinity. So with, with that with that set criteria, there has to be doubt. So yeah. you know, he, he didn't he didn't feed that to to the viewers. Yeah. And, I, and I said that I said, Pete, you've got to you've got to feed that to the viewers. So then they then they can get an inkling. You know, because he, uh, he he thought it was the right decision. I didn't think it was the right decision. I thought there was doubt. And and for me, as I said, the VAR should never got involved. It's not a clear and obvious error. And not only that, I think with VAR, we need to hear the conversation between Dudley Park and referee, so everybody knows what is going on. Everybody can understand how they how they're giving that how 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 VAR presenting that to the referee, and and if the referee over over overturns your decision. You can you can see why they overturned. Yeah. You know, look look at look at Stuart Atwell at Chelsea Liverpool on on uh, sorry Chelsea Man United on on Saturday. Um, the handball, handball incident. started. Well, <laughs> in, in in real time, I'm thinking Greenwood, yeah. Mason Greenwood hand, handballed that. So you know, and all of a sudden they slow it down, slow it down, and keep looking, and keep looking, and keep looking, and keep looking. You can get whatever decision you want out of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, you know, the, the question for me is: Is that a clear and obvious error for VAR to get involved? No, it's not. Mm. It's not a clear and obvious <laughs> error. I yeah. suppose you're a Chelsea fan. Yeah. I am. Well, I'm Man United. Sorry, Man United. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not a clear and obvious error, but but once he's gone over to that that yeah. screen. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, he's going to change his mind. He's going to give a penalty because, but because you can make a case for the Chelsea player um, was his arm in an unnatural position. Did he deliberately move his hand arm towards the ball? And both to those answers to those were yes. Yeah. yeah. So I fully, I fully expected him to change his decision and give a penalty to Man United. Yeah. So, but you know, respect his decision to stick with his on-field decision because. It wasn't a clear and obvious error. No, and it, there was talk, wasn't? And like again, if we could hear the conversations that are going on, yeah, there, there, there was. Sorry, there was, go on. No, I'm going to say there was talk initially about making sure referees see it at full speed and not slowing it down because it does interpret it. You, you interpret it differently if if it's slowed right down. It looks different. It looks more well, uh, ob- uh, obvious. Absolutely. And, well, the. The IFAB protocol is you've got to see it in, in real time. Yeah. Yes, you can slow it down to see if the point of contact, but then mm. you have to see it in real time. And yeah. we're seeing far too often the guys are watching it in in, in slow-mo. Yeah. yeah, most of the time. And it yeah, it, it just blurs the lines. It makes something look look more deliberate. But Mark, that's all. That's all we've got time for. That is absolutely brilliant. You've been amazing. All, You've given a great. All I, all I can say. All I can say on the weekend. Go on, City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mark. <laughs> brilliant. Can we have a, thank you, you so before you go, Mark? Go on, huh? Mark. we all have a booking before you. Before you. Yeah, can we all? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> We're off. Yellow cards. And and for Nicholas, oh Nicholas, here we go. It's oh. that for that for, that's that for you, mate. An, okay. an orange one. Okay, talking to me with that bloody cap on. That's red. Get off. <laughs> well, you don't want to see what's underneath it. Stay to <laughs> Yeah, those birds nesting in there soon, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Always getting it to Derby fans, I see. And and hey, and that's and that's and that's for Luke coming from being from Burnley. That's from Bolton fans. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that's, that's, that's getting overturned. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, don't you all get overturned nowadays? <laughs> Mark, thank you so much, mate. You've been an absolute pleasure. Loved having okay, you. Okay, and remember, remember to tweet Blakey. Get him on the yes. show. Yeah, yeah, we will. We'll tweet it in. When, I'll, sure you when, when, when you tweet him, tweet, copy me in, and I'll say, Blake, and I'll say, Blake, get on that show. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Nick, that's your job tonight. Yeah, I'll be on it. <laughs> Brilliant. Cheers, Mark. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Thank you very much. Enjoy your wine, Mark. Have a lovely evening and stay safe. Thank you, guys. All the best. Cheers, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Bye.